It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. Brett Baer. Race for the White House continues to heat up. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson announcing his candidacy for president. As California Governor Gavin Newsom looks like he may be testing the waters, maybe. Traveling to red states as he looks to fundraise for his new PAC, the Campaign for Democracy. Meanwhile, former South Carolina Governor and presidential hopeful Nikki Haley traveled to the border this week to view the extent of the immigration crisis there. Don't blame Mayorkas. Biden's the one telling him that. Biden refuses to call this a crisis because Biden refuses to come here. And Biden thinks that if he doesn't talk about this, it'll go away. For the people here in Texas and for every state where it's a border state, it's not going away. It's only getting worse. And this is a national security threat. And in New York, the center of the universe for this week, former President Donald Trump faced a slew of charges, actually 34 counts of falsifying business records related to alleged hush money payments he made to adult film actress Stormy Daniels and Playboy model Karen McDougal and a conspiracy charge that's wrapped in there as the indictment becomes unsealed this afternoon. For a conversation on this and more, we bring in our panel. Fox News contributor, former speechwriter for President George W. Bush and AEI fellow Mark Thiessen, Fox News senior political analyst Juan Williams, and Fox News radio political analyst Josh Kraschauer. Mark, uh, all of this is coming to a head. Uh, We're getting some specifics about the indictment, uh, and it does appear that it is broader than just uh, the Stormy Daniels allegation and the charges. Uh, It includes Karen McDougal and a payoff and the National Enquirer, and it looks like it includes a conspiracy charge all tied to federal election law uh, to try to... uh, see how it's phrased in the indictment, but essentially circumvent election law. And that's what the district attorney in Manhattan is tying to 34 felony counts, which the former president in a surreal scene has uh, pled not guilty. Your thoughts on on this day and this moment and kind of where it goes? Well, first of all, I didn't know that it was the job of the New York district attorney to enforce federal election law, because apparently the Justice Department didn't feel uh, that it had a strong case here. So, uh, uh, you know, you listen to Jonathan Turley on the air with you and and uh, the legal experts don't seem to think that this is a very strong case. But politically, uh, this is a great day for Donald Trump uh, because it makes him, it makes it more likely that he will be the uh, Republican nominee. And that means it's also a great day for the Democratic Party because it means that Donald Trump is more likely to be uh, the the Republican nominee. This is, I mean, Jeb Bush is backing Donald Trump in this. The the Republican Party is circling the wagons around the president, including people who don't want him to be president again. And that's why it's so powerful for him, because the reality is that 
even Republicans who don't want Trump to be the nominee don't want to see our country turned into a banana republic where the justice system is weaponized to go after their political opponents. And so you've got, you know, 70 Trump people who don't want Trump to be the nominee don't hate Donald Trump in the Republican Party. He's got 77 percent approval. Um, they, they just don't want to lose the 2024 election and they've been convinced that he shouldn't be the nominee. But if the Democrats and the left are going to go after Trump this way, there's a need if they feel that rallying with Trump is protecting our democracy. And so there's going to be this rallying effect. Yeah, Juan, you buy that on the political front. I mean, obviously, the the going line is no one's above the law. You've got to he's going to have his day in court. He's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, and these charges, if they don't hold up, will, will get dismissed either ahead of time by the judge or, or by the jury. But politically, uh, he seems to be benefiting in the short term. I don't think there's any question marks on target there, especially when I see, you know, it's it's I'm, I'm rather I guess I'm stumped a little bit, but his opponents are not taking advantage of this to challenge him to suggest that he is damaged goods for the Republican Party. Instead, they're rallying around him. Uh, so that means that, you know, someone like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who appeared initially to be the principal challenger to Donald Trump even if he had to try to out-Trump Trump in terms of the culture war issues down in Florida. What you see now is that he has essentially said, you know what, I am in position only if Trump is not running. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing across the board. We've seen some exceptions. You know, there's the Chris Christie's and the like. who and people Asa who Hutchinson. Asa, I was about to mention Hutchinson of Arkansas. But in general, you see Republicans absolutely backing away and going for this grievance argument. I'm not sure how strong it is. Mark buys it, but I'm not sure I buy it. I think that, you know, it's more than just no one is above the law. I think we can go back to Watergate and go back to other things and say, you know what? If America is a country based on law, the law must be applied uh, in some way that says to every person walking down the street that you cannot behave in a way that would absolutely put the rest of the community at risk. And so I see that there's some reality to it, but I understand that right now what sells among the Republican base is this tremendous sense of grievance, and it is to Donald Trump's benefit at this moment. Well, let me let me just ask you this one. Senator Marco Rubio from Florida came out and on Twitter, said this is a bad day for America, whether you like Donald Trump or you don't, uh, because from this day on, uh, motivated, politically motivated prosecutors looking to make a name from the for themselves will target the opposite party's uh, leaders or uh, in some way, shape or form. And even if they don't have, you know, the perfect case. Uh, they will go forward and do it. Now, Alvin Bragg, as the Manhattan district attorney, ran, and it's a, an office you run for, uh, on the idea that he was going to bring down uh, Donald Trump. And in Manhattan, that really sells. And I just go back to that, you know, when we go back to the Hillary Clinton time and, and FBI Director James Comey and those words that he said, no reasonable prosecutor would bring these charges. And to Senator Rubio's point, he's saying this is the Rubic Rubicon we're crossing today, is that prosecutors motivated may choose Republican to go after a Democrat, Democrat to go after Republican, and and our system is going to be worse for it. What do you think of that? I think Gerald Ford... Uh 
you know, who pardoned President Nixon had much the same thought that you don't want to divide the country over a legal proceeding and charges and the like. So I understand that line of thinking, uh, and I take it very seriously. I also take seriously the idea that, you know, Donald Trump's aide, uh, Michael Cohen, got three years in jail in a case in that basically is the same as this one. Uh, and Trump was named in that case as sort of an unindicted co-conspirator or individual number one. And if we think about equal application, it's kind of odd that Cohen gets a three-year jail sentence, but not Trump. Trump doesn't even get named. Well, he was president at the time. I mean, you understand my line of yeah, thinking. Yeah, of course. I just think that when you suggest that you know we're headed into banana republic territory, there is a risk there. If we think that we're just going to sort of devolve, boy, uh, you know, it just is distressing to me. And I take yeah. it serious. And that's, I think, the point Marco Rubio was making um, on that on that statement. Josh, uh, the other thing we have to talk about is that while this may not be the strongest and I guess the district attorney is going to come out this afternoon and, and give his case uh, and talk about it, at least. And we're going to hear from the former president later on in his defense as he flies back to Mar-a-Lago. But he's also facing other cases. Uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, looking into uh, the documents case, uh, classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And there's said to be developments there. Uh, the January 6th case and the election interference case that the appeals court has just said that senior aides, including his White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, have to testify to the grand jury. So there's other things that are moving forward that may be more legally uh, detrimental or ominous uh, to the former president. But yet this is the one that goes first. And, you know, he will trumpet to the headlines, I'm sure, uh, that this is all political. Yeah, Brett. I mean, this is the appetizer potentially on the on the legal docket. And the more serious cases, both in Fulton County, Georgia, where uh, Trump Trump also faces a lot of exposure based on his potential interference uh, in the 2020 election in Georgia, the famous call with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, and the the serious uh, questions over his mishand mishandling of sensitive documents down in Mar-a-Lago. Uh, the fact that Bragg went first, this may be the shakiest case legally but it may also give someone like a Jack Smith or a Fonnie Willis uh, more confidence to, to bring the case since they're not going to be the, the first in line. And look, I boy, the, the former president's body language at the courthouse uh, this week, uh, he, he looked helpless for the first time in a long time to control the situation that that's that's that he's facing right now. Didn't have uh, a statement when he headed into the courtroom. He looked very resigned to the circumstances that he's facing. And, you know, I, you know, I always thought that the only way Trump could be defeated in, in the 2024 election is really through the political process, as Mark and Juan were, were talking about earlier. But now that Alvin Bragg has brought this case, uh, it, it, it seems inevitable that the main path to blocking Trump's path to the presidency is, is through these cases. And uh, it, it seems hard to believe that Trump would be uh, a serious candidate for the presidency while facing the prospect of jail time, perhaps in 2024. Um, so but now I think all the buckets are in the legal basket. It's, 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 it, as Mark said, this is helping him politically in the Republican primary. He's doing better uh, by far in the polls in this last few weeks than, than he has in some time. And uh, it's going to be hard to unseat him. And, and the legal path may be the only way uh, for uh, other other op opponents to, to look at this right now. Panel, we'll hold it right there. 
This is Jimmy Fallon inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. What, what about that? I mean, Mark, is there this sense that, uh, yes, it is a short-term you know, shot in the arm, uh, both in fundraising and in support. When you have Jeb Bush coming out in support of Donald Trump, in essence, saying that this prosecution is politically motivated and he feels compelled to say it and talk about it, uh, that is quite something. And all sides of the Republican Party seem to be leaning into that. Maybe Barr, as Juan mentioned, Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson and, and a few others. But is, does, is that short-lived? Mark, I mean, if he continue to, continues to face these legal challenges? Well, there's a deeper problem here. And I think Josh correctly analyzes the situation and saying that this may be the only way to stop Donald Trump. But it's not the role of our justice system to stop Donald Trump from becoming president again. I mean, it's the role of, that that's not what our, what a what a advanced functioning democracy, how we operate. That's how banana republics operate. Uh, the idea that you know we're that, and this is the, this is the problem with the left, Brad, is that they they consider Trump to be such a threat to our democracy that they in turn have have just chucked off all the norms and all the uh, th- that have governed our politics in order to stop him, justifying their actions by saying that well we we got to stop Donald Trump because it's a threat to our democracy. And they're the threat to the to our democracy. When when you try when you do trumped up charges like this, and try and use the legal system to prevent someone from winning an election because you're afraid they could win, that that is not how our democracy is supposed to function. That is that is just, that is a bigger threat to our democracy than anything that happened even on January sixth. On January sixth, all of our institutions held. The, the the judge the courts did the right thing mike pence did the right thing congress did the right thing state legislators did the right thing our institutions held they're the ones who are destroying our institutions by doing this by by politicizing the justice system um so it's it's amazing how trump derangement causes people to do the very thing that they accuse donald trump of doing i mean it's fascinating i think it, it's it's almost like we're back into the same cycle, one where the Russia investigation was going to be the walls were closing in and this is the tick, 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 and it's going to all come to an end. And this is it's all happening. And, and the media were nonstop. And, you know, you look at the coverage of of the flying in and the motorcade down to the courthouse and every second. And, and I'm not saying that we're immune from this because it is the spectacle of the day because we covered it as well. But it is the same circle. We're living the same circle here when it comes to Donald Trump and how he's perceived definitely on the left and in the media. I couldn't agree more. I think I, I am amazed at the coverage. It is to me a rerun. It's like nonstop coverage of Trump, pro or con, liberal or conservative. All, all the media seems to realize it's great ratings to cover Donald Trump, and that's what we're seeing right now. I think, though, that there is a key difference here. Obviously, you know, what has happened can be viewed as political, but it's no question that Donald Trump did try to make a call to find some votes to undermine an election. Uh, I, I think that's a tremendous threat to our democracy to see that kind of behavior coming from a man who's been defeated in a presidential election. We did see January 6th and people try 
to prevent certification of a presidential election. Uh, we've seen the man impeached twice, once for trying to get the president of Ukraine to produce material to damage a political opponent in exchange for American funds. I mean, these are things that are pretty bad. Um, and Donald Trump had not been charged with anything uh, beyond the impeachment efforts, nothing in terms of the American legal system, the courts, until now. And this is a first for any president. That's what's so astounding that today we have an American president who has been indicted. But I, I, I just, I'll be the bad guy at this conversation and say, listen, we can say that you might want to think that Alvin Bragg is political. You might want to think New York is the wrong setting because it's so democratic. But there's no question that democratic norms have been violated along the way. And even in this case, the Federal Election Commission has said in the 2018 uh, Cohen case that this contribution to pay off Stormy Daniels Okay. Was, once you fact, go down this road, once you go down this road, Juan, you lose some of us in that the Federal Election Commission did not move forward with a John Edwards case. Uh, the U.S. That's Justice right. Department did not move forward with a John Edwards case where they paid the mistress from campaign funds. OK, they didn't go down. But that, he went, that, that case went to trial, though, Brett, and John Edwards was found not guilty. Right. They moved forward. But my, my point with this is is that you could go back to a lot of different people being charged or not charged, and the decision to move forward with this charge came after federal, the Southern District of New York chose not to go forward, the Federal Election Commission chose not to go forward, Alvin Bragg chose not to go forward, and then took another look at it and decided to go forward after the statute of limitations on this misdemeanor had run out, and he tied it to a felony, the Federal Election Commission law. So my point is, is that if this wasn't Donald Trump, if it wasn't him, would they go through all of those acrobatics to get to these charges? I don't know if you can say yes. I don't. First of all, let me just say, I think he escaped the decision from the federal uh, Justice Department because he was president. And I think no one, even if, though it was his own Justice Department and his own Justice Department said he was un unindicted co-conspirator individual number one, but nobody wanted to indict a sitting president. So I would just bring that point to your attention. But I agree with you. Listen, this is what I was saying to you earlier, Brett. I'm very sensitive to the idea that we do not want to devolve into some banana republic and just go after our political opponents. But in this case, I am not sure that I buy that argument. All right, Josh, um, how does this, if you're one of these candidates or potential candidates, Ron DeSantis is not even in this race, but he's trailing in most polls by 30 points now. And it only seems to be going up. And they're, and with the additional money that has been raised, the Donald Trump PAC is running negative ads on Ron DeSantis. So, uh, boy, it's tough to get a footing in this environment. Yeah. It's going to be tough, Brett, for any Republican to get any media oxygen uh, in the foreseeable future, as long as this trial and potentially any future legal uh, challenges are, are in play. Uh, this is this is going to be the circus. This is going to be the Trump show for months and months and months. And it's going to be tough for Ron DeSantis to get a whole lot of oxygen and get attention to himself. Um, even, you know, like he, he stumbled a bit in this book launch. He made a few uh, errors in talking about Ukraine and in laying out his, his policy agenda. He has a good story to tell. 
Uh, I, I do wonder, though, that Trump is getting the ratings. Trump is getting the attention. And this is not going away anytime soon. So uh, I, I just you look at the, the bump Trump has gotten in the polls since uh, his legal uh, challenges got got worse. He got a in some polls, got a bump after the indictment. Uh, it's going to be challenging in, in this in this political ecosystem for anyone to get traction. I, I do think the strategy for folks like DeSantis and other Republicans not named Chris Christie and uh, Asa Hutchinson is, look, take Trump's side, hope that, you know, the legal problems prevent him from running and and then run as the Trump Trumpy candidate uh, in an open field. But boy, that that's that's relying on a lot of things happening that I don't know, if, especially based on this one case in New York, uh, may not may not be very likely. Yeah, and we should, there's other cases, obviously, and we don't know where they'll tr- transpire and when they'll come to a head. Uh, Mark, uh, meanwhile, there are major issues around the world. Um, there's China on the move, very aggressive. There's uh, Saudi Arabia is essentially saying with OPEC, let's reduce production. Um, it seemed like a little bit of a thumb, thumb of the nose at, at the U.S., uh, and at the same time, you have a number of countries around the world that are choosing to trade, not using the U.S. dollar. India, Brazil, you know, China, Russia, uh, others are now taking the U.S. currency out of the equation. You know, we have all these big issues. You know, Finland joins NATO. You have uh, all kinds of things. Iran is more aggressive Yawn. than it has been. Um, <laughs> so. You're not going to break through in any of that. None of it will see the light of day, except on special report. We're going to cover it all. But um, <laughs> but my point is, is that uh, we're, we're stuck in this cycle probably for a little bit. It, it's an amazing statement on the state of our democracy. I mean, so you've got, you know, a, the first major land war in Europe happening. You've got all the things that you've described uh, going on. You've got inflation, you've got wages, real wages collapsing, worst border crisis in American history. In my view, the worst president in my lifetime, uh, who's causing wreaking havoc across the country in, in untold ways. And we've got a Republican governor in Florida who just passed the most expansive school choice law in the country, who just pa- passed constitutional carry, uh, who just struck a blow against Disney, um, and, and, and has had having a legislature that's doing a lot of things that conservatives should be really excited about. And we're not talking about the world. We're not talking about actual policy accomplishments. The whole country is fixated on a trial of a pre- former president for porn star payments. Last word here, Juan, on the on the Democratic side, we still haven't heard from the president of the United States whether he's running for election or not, re-election. You have Gavin Newsom doing all kinds of things in red states, raising money for a PAC. Uh, you've got, uh, I mean, they don't want to weigh they don't want to weigh in on the Trump indictment at all. They were asked like seven times today, and at one point they had an interesting exchange. Queen Jean Pierre did with uh, the New York Times, Michael Shears, who who said, uh, well. You know, you're saying you can't weigh in on a current uh, case that's active, but you weigh in on January 6th all the time. And there are 500 current cases active and uh, and they didn't really have a response, but they don't want to to delve into the Trump day. Um, But he's also not announcing his reelection yet. No, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious why the White House doesn't want to have any comment on the Trump case, because just as we have revealed in this conversation, it's pretty strong to say, hey, this is a political prosecution uh, and this is a weak case and why are they doing this? And Alvin Bragg ran 
saying he would go after Trump. Oh, so I think they understand that for them, this is very much a quagmire and they could sink out of sight into a political mess. Um, but I just want to con just concur with what you were saying about, you know, there's so many things going on in the world. And yet we as people in the media uh, have to have some sense of culpability. We are playing along with this notion of this is so entertaining and everybody is so fascinated by Donald Trump, who is the dominant political character of our time. And everybody wants to know, is he going to get in trouble? Or if you don't like him, is this the final time that, you know, he is revealed he's not Teflon Don? I don't know. But I, it to me, it is a little just maddening that so much is happening in the world. And yet we are fixed on this like it is a soap opera. Yeah. And uh, the soap opera continues, uh, and it will. Um, but you can see other news on Special Report, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, every weeknight. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Uh, now for a bit of history. April 4th, 1949, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization was formed as the United States, Canada, and 10 European nations signed the treaty into effect in Washington, D.C. The alliance was formed to create a coalition of countries that could defend each other against the Soviet Union at the time. Presently, there are 31 members of NATO with the most recent addition being Finland. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Mark, Juan, and Josh, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.